Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Again, coming up on Wednesday on our Oilers Legends series, uh, I'll be away, but uh, we took the time to pre-tape something with Wayne Gretzky. It'll be a uh, full, uh, basically about an hour-long interview. Uh, and one of those rare occasions where Wayne does 58 minutes of the talking and I do too, which is perfect for all the listeners. This is Bob Stoffer joining you in Oilers Now. Guests receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. 99.90 Jasper Avenue. Tell Maggie, Brendan, and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers Now sent you. Without further ado, uh, pleased to be joined by one of the most underrated players in Oilers history. In parts of four seasons, he scored 93 goals. He also won two Stanley Cups, and he's got a great sense of humor. We welcome back to the show, Dustin Penner. Hi, Dustin. How you doing? Hey, Bob. Thanks for having me. It's been a long time. Yeah, it has been. Uh, tell me this. Uh, do you laugh when I refer to you as one of the most underrated or perhaps underappreciated Edmontoners? Because you were pretty good those four years you played here at Edmonton. Yeah, I mean, in history, they got a, I mean, they got a pretty rich history in Edmonton, so I'll take it. My mom thought I was an underrated piano player, so I've been underrated my whole life. Now, at what age did you start playing the piano? Were you, like, doing that at, like, six or seven, or and how long did you do it for? Five, I think, five years old. Okay. My mom, to, if my mom had her way, I would have been singing and playing the piano, but... They asked me to survive that onslaught. And it was, uh, in your case, uh, you were kind of a late bloomer physically, right? Like you were a, a smaller kid and then grew like nine feet in one year or something like that? Yeah, I don't think that's the exact number. I'll have to check my my book, but it's, uh, it was about a, almost a foot in over a summer after high school. After high school? Like, yeah. l- like Dustin, I, I like height-wise, I stopped growing at 12. Like I was, five, yeah, I had, right? I was five six, hundred twenty pounds in high school. Five six, one twenty in high school. I was five eleven, one ninety, when I was in grade eleven. Yeah. The reason I, can't, I know that is because I kept on looking and weighing myself every day, like uh, swearing under my breath that my parents when they said I was going to grow. I'm waiting. Right. <laughs> so I just remember like just looking on like for three and a half years straight, like still five six, one twenty, mom. What's going on here? So you grew a foot. How much weight did you gain with the foot that you gained in height? Uh, I went entered college. I think after a while, I two years in Boston, North Dakota. I think it was like two ten, two fifteen. Yeah. Well, so being tw- then, I, then I then I broke my femur after I grew. Right. Hockey the next year broke my femur, so I didn't get to really play much at all my first year college. So it was a two year school, and then. Uh, I recovered and we played. We had, didn't have a league. We just played against like senior men's teams, like the boys of Maine Border Kings and Shattuck St. Mary's of Prezi. Yep. And, and uh, Crosby went through there. And then uh, I uh, was my first playing through the Maine, but I didn't know. I was probably, when I got signed by the Anaheim Ducks, I think it was six, uh, four, three quarters, six, five, and 
225 pounds. Yeah, well, I mean, every year of college is about 25 pounds for most guys, Dustin. You know that. It's called beer. And chicken really? wings. Yeah, I, I know in my case, like I said, I went 5'11", 190, and by the time I left the U of A, I was 240. But that's because I, you know, worked. You only went three years? I only went three years. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah, that first year of university, longest three years of my life. So uh, you, you've been re- you haven't played for five seasons. Do you, do, you miss, yeah. do you miss the game at all? I do. I do miss it. But, I mean, it's, it's amazing what changes in five years. I miss the uh, the chirping, you know, as you and I were doing now. Yeah, but, uh, it's a different world out there, that's for sure. <laughs> I, don't, I think I think I would have been fine and pushed out of the league with my most. Uh, who is? I mean, you were you sort of had a you weren't really you weren't super aggressive when you're out on the ice chirping guys but were were there a couple guys that were really nasty where you thought I may not want to get in a chirp fest uh chirp fest with this player because you know he he's, he could or were there guys that if you did chirp you thought uh, that's a guy who can chuck him I might want to think twice about really engaging yeah, him yeah that's my time that's the only time I would maybe play off yeah you know when I was a rookie like who's that top to dork yeah I probably won't say anything to that guy Right. But it, as, a, as a kid growing up five, six hundred twenty pounds, you weren't beating up anyone, so you had a, I had a pretty good mouth on me. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, it was an amazing story, really, just to think that you were a smaller kid, you go off to NCAA, you have the one terrific year at Maine, boom, the Ducks sign you. Uh, and I remember, uh, actually, it was Craig Lupel that told me, you know, there's this, there's this guy in the Ducks organization, and he is going to play. And by the end of that year, you know, that was 0506. You were playing with uh, – Joff was on your line. I remember the, the playoff series against Colorado. Your line – I think Marshawn was – Yeah. Was Marshawn your center that year? Yeah. I, I got him for a goal game in playoffs. So you got him – you basically got him traded to Edmonton. It, it was uh, – and he – you know, it wasn't like it was a pressure-packed situation being traded for Chris Pronger for Joff, was it? No <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know which one it was worse. I, I, I'd have to. I know, it's probably a toss of going there for Chris Pronger and going there as a free agent, <laughs> like just with your numbers being broadcast everywhere. Like, you know, Edmonton was just sitting there going, "Oh, we can't wait till you get here, Petter. You could, you could be worth, you could be playing worth a salary of ten million. It won't be enough for what you're going to go through." <laughs> uh, good time. You, you know what? You, you say what you want. You sign the five-year deal. I forget the exact. Yeah, I loved it. I loved my time there. I think it was. I, I don't remember the actual price point on the contract. Four point two five million per year, but it was a fair deal. I mean, that was the going rate for guys that are, you know, top six forwards. I was, second, I, was, I, was I was second on the team in scoring behind Salami as a rookie. Right. Come on, Anaheim. Give me more than a million, maybe. <laughs> well, it's. It wouldn't. Yeah. See, I asked them for I asked them for three point two over two years. And Berkey and Berkey wouldn't do it. Then he turned around and signed, <laughs> you know, because he had to sign his man Todd Bertuzzi. That's why, Dustin. Right, exactly. That's, I mean, you know, GMs like can be like girls. You know what I mean? Where it's like they don't know if the got talent's gone. You know, they take you for granted, and then all of a sudden they see you with a better looking girl, and then they want to come back into your life. Sorry, I'm taking. This is obviously a regular occurrence. I, I can tell you, I, I know my wife feels the same way. Like, she's like, I have been trying to get rid of you, Bob, for the last, you know, 17, 18 years. 
Yeah, battle of attrition. Yeah, no kidding. All right, so I, I got to ask you this: so you, you won the two Stanley Cups. I mean, you, ironically enough, you were a much more productive player in Edmonton than in Los Angeles. But right, but you won the cup in LA after winning. First of all, you win in you win in Anaheim, then you sign the deal and come to Edmonton. Which which cup uh, for you meant more? The one in Anaheim or the one the one with the Kings? Well, I was going through a hellish divorce in my second one, so the, it was a nice uh, respite for my mind when I won the second one. Yeah. I screwed that up. I screwed that up and uh, invited her back. Are you still with her now? No, 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 Bob, stop it. Okay, <laughs> okay. well, you know, my father's long since passed, Dustin, but he used to tell me, you know why divorces are, uh, you know why yeah, divorce? I know this one. You know this one. Why do divorces cost so much, Dustin? Because they're worth it. Because they're worth it. <laughs> We're joined by Dustin Penner. Uh So you, you you win the two Stanley Cups. You get yep. you, even, you even had a second opportunity back in Anaheim where you played with Getzlaff and Perry, and those guys were pretty good that year, by the way. Actually, Getzlaff's been pretty good every year that he's played yeah, in the NHL. Yeah, you're welcome. But no, I was having my career year, statistically speaking. Yeah. Both in the weight category and the point category. And then Bob Murray trades you. Tried to trade me for, tried to trade me for Ryan Kessler back when who was the GM there? Gillis. Right. And and so Bob Murray and Blake. Oh, okay. Hey, that's we. That was in here. That was uh, that was Bob Murray lucked out and didn't make that deal for Ryan Kessler. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Anyways, everybody who's listening heard that word before, Bob. I don't have I don't have a boss now, so I've been a little more candid with my speech. Okay. Sorry. Um, anyway, so yeah, he, he blinked first, and then Mike Gillis saw that, and he goes, "Now I want up the price." And Bob Murray, to his credit, said no. Yeah, didn't do the deal, but essentially, when I got traded with uh, Victor Fast, it was to clear cap space for Kessler, and that's why. Um, that's why he got moved. That's why. Well, that's why Gillis got fired as a GM. He probably deserved it. All right. Uh, that's, uh, Dustin, uh, uh, just in terms of the comedy act. Uh, the, now, you're, you're, you're a funny guy. How frustrated do you get right now with po- political correctness in society? Because I, I know I follow uh, you on Twitter. Uh, yeah, I you follow me on Facebook and Instagram. I, I, I stay off Twitter because it's gonna, my parents are still kicking, so they've been through enough with my hockey career. Yeah. Right? So I try and stay away from the most uh, volatile areas, but it just is, everybody, the thing that bothers me the most is that I can look at someone who is a social justice warrior and I go, I know you don't believe what you're standing up for right now. Yeah, behind the scenes, you're the one that's saying the same stuff, but it's just, it's virtue signaling, that it's fine. It's like, yeah. is this where I stand? Is this where I stand to be offended? Wow, the line's really moving. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very awkward place. Hey, Dustin, we appreciate the time. You take care. Thanks for joining us here in Oilers now, and we're going to touch base with you down the road, okay? All right. Sounds good. See you, Bob. See you later, Dustin. That is Dustin Penner joining us on Oilers now. Uh, 12.44 in Edmonton, and he, as I mentioned, 93 goals in four years in Edmonton. The Oilers gave up a first and second and third when they signed him to an offer sheet. You heard the story, Brian Burke. Uh, you know, they were looking for a two-year extension, Jerry Johansson's camp for Penner, and uh, like at $1.6 million per. And the Anaheim Ducks weren't getting near there. They turn around, signed Todd Bertuzzi, did Berkey, 
He bought Bertuzzi out a year later, by the way, and that whole thing spawned a conversation um, with uh, with Jerry Johansson and the Oilers involving Dustin Penner, who subsequently uh, <laughs> Dustin Penner subsequently signed the five year deal in Edmonton, the last successful offer sheet that there's been with the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, this text comes in out of Edmonton. Can we have Dustin Penner on every week? <laughs> what comes to us from one? Uh, another text out of Edmonton. Laugh out loud. Dustin Penner is a beauty. Uh, <laughs> Bob, you didn't ask him about the pancake injury. Uh, Adam says, Bob, this is amazing. Uh, the interview with Dustin. Well, it was raw. Uh, another text out of West End Scott. Oh, holy cow. Uh, there you have it. 1246 in Edmonton. Thank you to everybody for... Uh, well, there you, there's Dustin Penner. I, I, I thought the word was bucking. I'm pretty sure he said bucking there, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he was looking for extra bucks in the deal with the Anaheim, <laughs> with the Anaheim Ducks. This is Oilers Now, we think. This is Zach Cassian from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bod Stoffer on 630 Chad. 1248 in Edmonton. Uh, <laughs> uh, listener Gold Radio Host Nightmare. That one comes to us uh, out of Edmonton. Uh, again, uh, Bob, what's Dustin Penner's Instagram? Well, if you go to his Twitter account, it's probably got a link to it. Don't they normally have? I, I don't even know. I, um, I, you know who's not on Instagram? Brendan, are you on Instagram? I am, but that's one social media that's just my personal life. Yeah. I'm private. You won't well, find me on there. Like, and it, I mean, what, what, it's, it is interesting. I mean, the comment that he's making about the social justice warriors out there that want to pontificate on every issue, and then so they come across being morally superior is a little bit much at times. Um, Bob, what happened to Dustin Penner's career? I see that he's only 36. Well, I think he went through his own admission there. I mean, he kind of joked about it, but he's got, he has some different interests. Like, he's a really artistic guy. Uh, I know that he was working as a comedy writer for a while as well. Carl out of Drumheller says, Bob, uh, Dustin Penner is a beauty. Another text, John. Dustin's an absolute right in an interview. What a beauty. By the way, I was 6'3", 140 in high school, if you can believe it. I'm now 41 years old and a felt 210. Is that right, John? I'm jealous of you. Bob, all you need now is George LaRock to join this conversation with Dustin from Oilers J. Well, ironically enough, uh, George LaRock and Dustin Penner both had the same agency. They were both Jerry Johansson clients with Stephen Kotlowitz back in the day. Uh, from Jason in Sangudo. He's commenting on Dustin's appearances on, on the show. Pancake, hot cake, flack jack, uh, waffle, and Johnny Cake injuries are no laughing matter. So that was the, the infamous uh, pancake story. Uh, it's uh, He was almost ahead of... The, the funny thing is about Penner. And, Brandon, I don't know if you remember him from when he played as an Oiler because you were a BC kid growing up. But he did stand up for his teammates. And when he did it, he could do it. Like, the only time I actually – the only guy I saw him kind of lose badly to 
was a guy that played in Vancouver, and that was Kevin Bieksa. And that was like his first pro fight in the NHL. And Kevin Bieksa has fast hands. And, you know, Penner had laid out uh, one of the Finnish guys that was playing for the Canucks at the time, and Bieksa went after him, and Penner didn't know what was coming and got speed back, right? But, I mean, he took some guys apart. He threw some guys around. I remember uh, we were down in Calgary. It was the first year I was doing color in 2008, 2009. And... Uh, uh, Steve McIntyre had gotten out there and done a number on Vandermeer. And Vandermeer's a tough guy. Like, the the, Vander, the whole Vandermeer family, I don't know if they're from Caroline or just outside of Red Deer or wherever they're from. They're tough people. Like, all of them. All of them could fight. And, you know, Jimmy Vandermeer was the biggest and the toughest of them. But he was not on the level of a Steve McIntyre. McIntyre got him strung out. And he, he won the fight pretty good. And then the next chef, Calgary, had, like, they had uh, Waugh. Remember Andre Waugh? They had him out there. And so Morrow and, and Penner are sitting there getting ready to play Calgary's tough guys. Uh, DC says, Bob, uh, Dustin or George Gold from DC? Never a good idea, Bob, to have George LaRock and Dustin Penner in the studio at the same time. Well, uh, yeah, we've gotten a little quiet with one of those guys. But... Uh, yeah, you can text us at 6.30, 6.30. Funny, funny stuff. Now, Brendan, when we go into, I don't know if the listeners know this, but when we go into open line segments, we do put the show on a delay. It's rare in the, we're going into year nine coming up of this show on 6.30, Chad. And uh, we'll now be adding another name to the list of potential <laughs> delays. How about everybody's heard that word before, too? Never in the Stauffer household. That word never gets uh, uttered. It would if I wasn't doing the broadcast of the Oilers games because there would be some words that would be used. to. So before I did the Oilers, because I, you know, I, of course, wanted to see the team in the city be successful, when I thought the team was getting hosed, maybe there might have been... The, but the kids were really young at that age, and they didn't understand those sort of words. And, and now, actually, they're the ones... I don't know if anybody else finds this. If you've got uh, teens, I've got a 13-year-old and a 15-year-old turning 16. I, I'm learning words that I didn't know existed before. And, you know, I... I prided myself on having a very extensive vocabulary, and uh, it hasn't really uh, come to fruition. By the way, uh, some fatherly advice for you down the road, Brendan, when you become a dad. Mm -hmm. Make sure when you do do the family trip that uh, you uh, get a vehicle that has uh, three rows of seats. So your wife can sit in the front if she still likes you enough to sit in the front of a vehicle with you. And then you have separate rows for your other two kids, if you have two kids. That way, they don't get in each other's face and they have their own personal space. Because it's just how kids are today. How many... uh, I've never asked you this. How many... Do you have have brothers and sisters or are you an only child? I am an only child, but I did have a blended family for a number of years. And what we did was it was the parents in the front, the girls in the middle row, and then the guys in the back. And we... we, uh, I can remember taking road trips to Revelstoke and stuff like that for hockey from Kamloops across there. And... and, How long would that take? Like five hours to... To Revy? No. Revy. Probably three, two and a half or three. Yeah. Calgary's six and it's kind of the halfway Is there anything worse than driving from uh, Revelstoke to Golden or Golden to no, Revelstoke. There th- is. That is the most treacherous stretch of highway I think you'd ever... I, I would say that that's worse than the Coquihalla. Yeah. 
So anyways, you're telling the story. So you, you, you had in your blended family. So we had the girls watching the DVDs in the middle row, and we had the guys. We had the PlayStation 2 hooked up in the back row, and it got to the point where we're going through a snow shed, and the, the battery of the vehicle was so drained we didn't have any lights left, and, and we, had to, uh, <laughs> we had to shut everything down and let that build back up. But yeah. yeah I, the segregation thing you're talking about, yes, that was very much a, uh, the thing with us too. Yeah, well, it's uh, a different. I, I have uh, four sisters, by the way. So they're between I one that's older and three that are younger. Um, so we'd get jammed in my dad's country squire station wagon when we'd go on drives. Yeah, is there wood paneling on that? There was wood paneling. Oh, right on. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a. It was the sort of vehicle that a teacher would drive. My dad was a teacher, so you know it was it was uh, practical. I I wouldn't really call it an SUV of that time. It was more like a, a death trap. Uh, so, and it only conked out about once or twice every, uh, we'd go to stay at my grandmother's place in West Bank back in the day, 1255 at Edmonton. Uh, you can text us at 630, 630. Lana says the Dustin Penner interview is pure gold. I love that guy. Uh, you gotta have Dustin back on. Uh, Bob, uh. Do you know what happened to uh, Rytus Ivanins after the big McIntyre fight? Yeah, he was out for basically a long while, and then he ended up in the KHL, which is where all the tough guys went. Like there was for years, the KHL would bring in the, the, these these uh, these these tough guys after their NHL careers were over, including one of the well, a guy that wasn't an NHL tough guy, but one of the most entertaining tough guys in minor pro history. John Nasty Morasty, who actually got worked out by the boss, uh, Steve the Boss Boss A, several times in the uh, Quebec uh, Senior Punch-Em-Up League that uh, nobody with any in their right mind would want to play in that league. That is, I think they get paid by, paid for goals and paid for fighting, which really, when you think about it, maybe they're onto something there. Because do we pay to watch people check other people? Not really. Seriously. Have you seen the highlights out of that league? The fans are just berserk about it. Yes. It's, it's, a, it's a stunt. It's a, it's a showman. It's yes. not hockey. Well, yeah, yeah. you shouldn't be so critical of Quebec. Like, not on this show. We, we <laughs> Only some Quebec politicians get me upset. I will tell you that the people that you meet in hockey in Quebec, they're awesome. Like, they're some of the funnest guys. Danny Dubé is a funny, funny man. Uh... Marc-Antoine Godin, a little bit more serious, but a good dude. You've had him on the show before, so he reaches out once in a while. Interesting fellow. It is 12.57 in Edmonton. Uh, I can guarantee our next guest probably won't be uh, as uh, open to a free-form discussion as our last guest was. Uh, coming up at 105 today to discuss grit and glory celebrating 40 years of the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> is Lorna Schultz-Nicholson. We'll get an update from Morley Scott uh, as the Eskimos get ready to take on the Stampeders tomorrow afternoon. And Alabama Crimson Tide play-by-play voice Eli Gold as well. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. 
I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms. <laughs> 